What's going on, family? Welcome to The Faction. Of course, I'm your man, GB, Gerard Bonner. And I told you guys earlier this week that we were going to have a very special show. It's so special that we had to bring all of the members of the band in. Now, if you have been rocking with The Faction for years, you know what's about to happen. If you are relatively new, then it looks like we're gonna have to introduce some people to you who've been rocking with us for a while. They are the busiest of the three of us. They are all around the world, literally. But an issue like this was so big that we were able to carve out some time to get their thoughts on all of this. So first, let me introduce you to a guy who, well, is a WCW aficionado. He uh, is all things Mid-Atlantic and the territories. And uh, I can't wait to hear what he's going to say about today's topic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Courtney Beard. Salute, my people. We are all the way up and you know what it is. It's another day on the faction and GB. Yes, sir. You don't have to introduce me. If they're real faction fans, they will go back to the library and see I've been a consistent voice from the very beginning. Of course. So you don't have to introduce me. Well, the people I, know who I am. Well, I just now, wanted to make sure. Now, you may want to introduce the next guy who's having sidebar conversations with people uh, to the left and to the right, whosoever will. He just over there. Introduce him. Go ahead. Introduce him. Well, introduce and I, Kiki. And I forgot <laughs> to mention that Courtney, of course, is rocking from San Antonio. Uh, home of Shawn Michaels and Jose Lothario. Oh, there you go. That's right. So uh, all of Jose that. Lothario. Jose Lothario's sons, I actually go to church with them and they tell me great stories. As a matter of fact, I was just told the other day, Jose worked out to the very end. Last day, still pumping iron. Really? Wow. To the end. Wow. I, I don't even know where to go after that. But uh, <laughs> all right. So from there, we're moving to the uh, ever important Mid-South uh coliseum the memphis territory home of jerry the king lawler jerry and jeff jarrett and uh Ooh. this guy is the wwe aficionado and as you can imagine he will have a lot to say about today's topic ladies and gentlemen the clack attack is officially back brandon <laughs> clack what's up brother That's the type of show we're going to have today. Got it. Yeah. Got it. We're it's having that, that show. Kind of be that kind of show. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of show. What's up, everybody? I'm excited to be back. Obviously, the eye of the tiger, the champ is here. The WWF, WWE aficionado. How dare they attempt to have this kind of conversation without having me here? Well, there's no way oh, there is boy. no way we would attempt to have this deep of a conversation without you. And he's got his championship <laughs> belt for those who can see. Uh, it's, it's blurred out as if it says WWF. <laughs> or blurred there out. You like when tells you where my loyalties lie. I did it on purpose. <laughs> it's like watching the library. <laughs> oh, wow. Or it's like watching, you know, when Flair first came in with the world championship, the WWE, and they would blur out the belt. Hey, man. Yeah, man. Shout it's out crazy. to a real one, Nature Boy. 
this ah, Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be a big one for Flair. But uh, today's conversation is something very, very special. So, of course, we broke the news to you guys on the socials. We talked very briefly about this uh, just kind of on our daily type of presentation. But uh, by now, the whole world is really trying to digest the news that, honest to goodness, I don't think any of us ever thought in our lifetime we would report the news <clears throat> that Vince McMahon has retired from the WWE. He is no longer a part of the business that many credit him for creating. And so today we're going to talk about, uh, obviously, things connected to Vince McMahon. We're going to discuss his legacy and the like. But first, I want to ask you guys, uh, Clack, I'll start with you as a WWE aficionado. Uh, where were you when you received the news and what were your initial thoughts about the news of Vince McMahon retiring from WWE? This is a true story. I lie not. I am on my way walking to Space Mountain at Disney World. Oh, the irony. I got on an NWO tank top. No lie. A guy says, hey, holds it up. We bump the sign, and my phone goes nuts because of Gerard Bonner, Courtney Beard, and John Murray. And I look down, and I see that my wrestling spiritual father has decided to retire, and I could not believe the news. And I literally asked Christabel, how, what is the percentage of people in Disneyland, Disney World right now that aren't fighting in line? that know that Vince just retired I couldn't believe it that's where I was when I found out on my way literally getting on Space Mountain wow wow Courtney uh where were you when you found out and, and how did you feel well I was here at home and GB you broke the news yeah. uh I was not attached to social uh, at that moment my phone lit up and it said three words that I never thought I'd see Vince has retired and guys, uh, I, I, and we'll talk about flair. I'm sure. Uh, I, I never expected flair to retire. I never expected Vince to retire. There are some things that you just can't guys. If you are under the age of 40, you don't know wrestling without Vince. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. if you're under the age of 21, you don't know NFL without Tom Brady. Yeah. So there are certain things that just seem like they're never going to happen. And Vince retired, man. The the Vince is the most iconic and most important figure in wrestling history. Yeah. So so let's let's go here, because certainly, you know, I, in terms of how I found out, uh, I was sitting on the couch watching Jax. And that whole day was kind of weird because earlier that it was day, a weird day. It was a weird day. Earlier that day, we got the news about Triple H becoming the uh, EVP of uh, talent relations, which when I saw that, I knew something was up because, of course, that position was originally held by John Laronitis, who had resigned now that you're and Bruce Pritchard was interim at the time. And so with Triple H, assuming that immediately it meant Laronitis was definitely out of the picture. But I did not think that in the same day I would hear that Vince would be out of the picture. And so for me, I had to talk to somebody like I posted it, but I need I was literally shaking. And that's why I was like, I have to FaceTime you guys like like, yeah, like nobody else is going to get this. So 
this is a it is yeah. it was a life changing moment because I think we all thought that Vince would be in his grave before he would get rid of WWE and he'd find a way to be like Jesus and resurrect in two days instead of three, yeah. just because he's because he beat man. God. Right. Because, because he, beat, he God. beat God. Exactly. So he, he would do himself that. over God. That part. So, you know, it, it is a shocking moment. Um, and I, I've barely listened to other podcasts about this, but I did take an earlier listen to Eric Bischoff's 83 weeks podcast to hear the shock and awe that he experienced too. So it, it is, it is, it's not just us. It is the entire wrestling world that is completely just blown away at this. So before we, well, so we've not had the chance to talk about the circumstances that have led to his retirement. So we need to talk about that. And then we're going to discuss his legacy because I don't think you can unfortunately talk about one without the other. So, the circumstances surrounding Vince's retirement, which we have documented on previous episodes, um, and there may be more, you know, information coming out. When you guys heard this particular news, did you think that this news would end in this kind of result for Vince? Clack. Yes, we live in 2022. Mm. And I imagine that the level of, um demanded recompense and um equality that is demanded up front in any company in the light of something like this is it's mandatory so i i assumed that when it first broke before midnight he would have been excommunicated wow so i i wasn't terribly surprised at the retirement, I'm just glad he didn't die. Mm. Mm. I got you. I got you. Courtney, your thoughts. Uh, I wasn't shocked that it turned out the way that it did because on October 19, 1999, that decided the fate of anything like this. When the WWE went public and they became publicly traded, Vince McMahon, though holding 80% of the voter unit stake, at that moment, he said, I'll let the people decide. And the people decided in 2022 what they were comfortable with, what they were not comfortable with. I think that there's a lot to figure out about this. I'm not sure if there are any legalities there, but I know that uh, uh, posture and perspective is everything in 2022. And the moment I heard about it, I was actually shocked that Vinnie Mac went on TV that night. I was shocked that Vinnie Mac went on TV on Monday night. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's of that generation. He's that Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. It's interesting because on top of that, you know, the, the, the situation is probably more serious than any that we've seen Vince connected to. Um, the idea that the SEC is involved in investigating these funds. Um, hey, GB, I don't know who he touched, but I did see JR kisses butt one time. Now, I don't oh know God. if I could, oh that holds God. up in court, oh. but I did see that on TV with six yeah. different camera views in HD. Uh, yeah, I don't think that is I don't want to hear about you watching men kissing other men's butts on TV. You do what you do in you your told brow, brow. Me that was, you, you told me that was one of your most watched uh, episodes. Oh you said that when you pull up the network, it goes right wow. there. I wow. said no such thing, Courtney the Lion Beard, <laughs> and we need to see you take your hat off. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. The people haven't seen. A shift has taken wow. place. Wow. A shift. Hairless beard. Wow. That's right. Now, now hold on now. You on to something. He going to make some money off that if he's smart. If he's smart. Hairless, Hairless beard. beard. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, man. How about that? Yeah. Wow. So, so, so I, I don't know who, who Vinny Mac touch, but I, I saw him touch some people on Monday Night Raw one time. Quite a few people. Wow. Courtney. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll just say this. Obviously, it is it is ongoing. The investigation surrounding Vince. Now, here's where I think things get interesting. I was moved by the way Stephanie McMahon referred to her father uh, on SmackDown uh, literally the night as he retired. It's interesting because there was really no mention of his name other than thank you, Vince. And then that interesting, I love you, that she said into the camera, which I was like, mm, that's weird. There's been no mention of Sean Vince. did it better. Well, he did. There's been no mention of Vince McMahon on WWE television ever since that moment, which I think is interesting. And I think it complicates the legacy of Vince McMahon, which I don't let me be clear. I don't think that what WWE's done in the last couple of days complicates it. I think what Vince McMahon has done has complicated it. But with that said, it makes it really intriguing to try to talk about what the legacy of Vince McMahon is. So let's get into it. What do we see the legacy of Vince McMahon being at this point, given on one hand, all that he's created in the business. On the other hand, these accusations that are out there that are certainly uh, pretty serious. So, Clack, let's start with you. What do you see as the legacy of Vince McMahon? Yeah, I, I, he's got to be the most impactful person, obviously, ever in any form of wrestling ever in the world, ever. And I'm talking about Roman Greco wrestling from the inception of wrestling, there's never been a greater wrestling mind than Vince McMahon. Um, I, I think he is the genius behind the microphone when it comes to color commentating or leading out as the lead announcer. I think he is the prototype for learning the great dance between when to talk and when not to, when to add laughs, when to be the face behind the mic, then to turn as the heel, even figuring out with limited athleticism, how to work in the ring with phenomenal stars, keeping your body in shape, phenomenal business prowess, taking that wrestling company from what his dad had to the globe, the person outside across the street from either one of you, no matter who they are, color, race, or gender, if you scream, The Rock says, or can you smell what The Rock is cooking, somebody on your street is going to know because of Vince McMahon. Without Vince McMahon, we have no Scorpion King. Without Vince McMahon, we have no Peacemaker. Without Vince McMahon, he has made contributions to the wrestling community that has bled over into the culture. Can't have this without Vince. Safe to say. Courtney, what do you think is the legacy of Vince McMahon? I'm going to be like the guys on Undisputed and First Take that dogged an athlete and then they retired and they just loved him. That's me today. Vince McMahon is the most iconic figure in wrestling history. 
we're talking about resilience. We can name at least eight things that tried to take Vince down, which is why we were shocked in 2022 that he retired because Vince has re 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 remounted from buying a failing company, going public and even having death threats and still uh, taking over territories. He survived the steroid uh, moment. He survived WCW. He survived not having stars. He survived so many things. And so Vince McMahon, his legacy to me, vision, creativity, resilience, and the type of leadership that put it all on his own back. I, I like what Clack said. If he needed, Vince never asked you to do anything. I mean, 95% of the time that he wouldn't do. Uh, and so Vince wanted a commentator. He began to model what kind of commentator he wanted. He wanted to get the biggest figure over. He said, I'll become the biggest heel. He did whatever needed to be done. The one thing that Vince didn't do, though, Vince didn't start overpaying for stars until recently. And that's when he got a little nervous when AEW came. But other than that, Vince held to his core. And so I think that when I think of Vince McMahon's history and his legacy, I want to see him as one of the greatest builders in American history. He will go down in history as one of the greatest innovators. He told us it was sports entertainment and not wrestling. And we still tuned in. That, that's pretty. And, and he did it in the 80s. And we still tuned in. During, as as this thing was on its ascent. Guys, which we, 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 yeah. we got to give him his due. Candy bars, cartoons, wrestling merch, Hulk Hogan workout set, which I had. I His had it own too. network before you had it too. I had the little, the little grippy things. Yes. The network before the network. Movie production. WWE movie production. No movie. Characters. Guys. Soundtrack. Vince, mm -hmm. Yes. Vince is the architect for guys like Dana White who run UFC. There would be no Dana White in UFC if there was no Vince. We, 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 it will take us a long time to figure out the true impact of a Vince McMahon. We may have to even wait a whole generation. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But that I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! 
I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Word a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win and there's a you, there will always be a S-H-W. Attention wrestling fans, join us for SHW's 4th Annual Rumble Jack. Coming to you Friday, August 5th, live from the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. All-Star Special will defend their SHW Tag Team titles against Happy Madness. Then, it's every man for himself to see who will be the last standing in the Rumble Jack match as we determine a new number one contender for the Southern Honor Championship. Door the night of the show starting at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7, bell time at 8. Invite your friends and let's pack the action building for one of our biggest nights of the year. Trust us, you don't want to miss this show. SHW, an experience like no other. I will I will add to that and say um Vince McMahon's uh impact exceeded what he did in WWE. Um, Let's face it, we would not have had WCW. We would not have had their 83. We would not have had Monday Night Nitro. We wouldn't have TNA. We wouldn't have Ring of Honor. We wouldn't have all of these wrestling organizations that we have now without Vince McMahon. We could even make the argument that Vince McMahon made pro wrestling profitable. Now, some might argue that point, but think about this. The bit that he added in terms of merchandising, taking it from being regional to being national to being global, uh, there's incredible vision. And I'll go so far as to say we wouldn't be doing this podcast without Vince McMahon. Like, literally. Vince Vince was so smart. He talked Linda into getting in the ring. I mean, Linda. Linda couldn't Linda couldn't take a bump her that Stone Cold Steve Austin stunner he talked his entire family he said we are the business guys oh and and so it's it's really it's really what's hard about this is obviously there are some very serious allegations that are out there very very serious um but in and I don't want to say but because that would negate, and I don't want to negate that. The however and comma is, it is, I don't think that Vince McMahon can be erased from what we call pro wrestling. Now, we may not call him by name for a while, but his contributions, his footprint, his fingerprint is 
everywhere. It's everywhere. Think about this. Um, we know, of course, that Ted Turner, well, it wasn't technically Ted Turner. It was Jim Crockett who got Jim Crockett promotions on WTBS. Uh, and they were really the first time wrestling was on cable TV. But Vince McMahon puts pro wrestling on cable TV and then buys WCW's or the NWA's rights on TBS to put WWE on TBS and then turns around and sells it <laughs> back to them for the for and funds the first WrestleMania like it. Gotcha. The, the business acumen of Vince McMahon was something we had never seen before in this sport. And, yeah. you know, you, you, you itemized the, the things like what he did. And, and we didn't even talk about this. The partnership in the 80s with a fledgling MTV. As MTV is starting to grow, so does pro wrestling. And they're growing together to help create this whole phenomenon that is WrestleMania in 1985. You know, I mean, it, it is... <sighs> You could really, if you start talking about the threads of Vince McMahon and where you find him, it's hard not to talk about wrestling without talking about the impact of Vince McMahon. Um, yeah. let, now, let me ask this. This, I think, will be a tough question. And you can only answer with one thing. What do you believe is the greatest contribution of Vince McMahon to the sport of pro wrestling. The Attitude Era. Hmm. Would you like to defend that point or just let it sit? Um, all you have to do is just go outside and scream it. It'll defend itself. Hmm. <laughs> the Attitude Era. Okay. It, does, it does it on its own. I, Obviously, if you're a longtime listener, that answer does not surprise you in the least. Hey, if you're a follower and you need to double check that for verification, check the most random person in your phone and ask them what Austin 316 means. <laughs> and then tag us in it smell. as you are. Uh, yeah. Ask them if they can smell what the blank is cooking. <laughs> this is the greatest contribution ever. It will live forever. Uh, well, Courtney, what do you think the greatest contribution um, of Vince McMahon is? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I'm going to say his greatest contribution is Mr. McMahon. Hmm. Uh, I think he he uh, I said I'll go a little bit more detailed. You had your moment. This is mine. If you like to go, if you if you like for me to give you more time, just let, let me know. Give no, no, no. I'm, I'm just grateful that you needed to say what I said. But go ahead. Go okay. ahead. I don't, right. I don't mind supporting your. No, opinion. I didn't say any of the words that you said. No, I no, no. It's good for me I to support your No, 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 no. I, I, I said Mr. McMahon for a reason yeah. because yeah. he himself turned himself into a heel to make sure that his uh, up and coming top babyface had someone to find as an enemy. He caught America at a time where people wanted to overthrow their bosses. And he jumped into it and said, I'll be that. I, as they say, I'll be your Huckleberry. And he became that. I think Mr. McMahon. You know, I, 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 I will say, Courtney, uh, you'd probably be really good on somebody's campaign, but you'd need a good fact checker. So let me just fact check you really quick. You you've said twice now 
that Vince McMahon chose to become the top heel in the company to help put over a fledgling baby face when really the way that happened was there was a thing called the Montreal screw job where Vince was then revealed as the owner of the WWE. The top baby face in the company was Bret Hart, who was leaving. He didn't have to do anything. There was a fight that happened. He cost him the title. And then afterwards, he reveals himself as, okay, I'll just embrace being Mr. McMahon. That was not just, that was not, well, let me figure out how to get Bret Hart over. That was not that. Let me figure out how to get Stone Cold over. That was none of that. He literally fell into that. And I'll make the argument that he fell into the attitude era as well because he was getting trounced with this new generation situation. WCW had been beating him over the head. And he said, all right, I have no other choice but to let you guys be who you are. And from there, that's when things began to grow. But he wasn't this wasn't a, a benevolent act of him saying, hey, I'm going to I'm just going to go ahead and be the top heel uh, in the company. That's not how it what happened. what excites me the most is that in order to listen to a podcast, you have to have ears. Now, when a person rewinds this, they'll never hear the word fledgling come out of my mouth. Hallelujah. Oh, my. they will never hear fledgling because that's not my language. I don't use that. Now, you, sir, have used it three times, which may I mean, you're, you're kind of into this word. I never said that. I said a baby face. I you even said know. an up and coming baby face. I said an up and coming because Stone Cold and was making his way from one side of the locker room to the other side of the locker but room. But it was and it what wasn't. I said was and what I said was was that Mr. McMahon is the greatest creation because I believe he and Stone Cold's feud was monumental to history from 98 to 2001. Now tell me that Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon did not send WWE as a storyline to the moon. Nobody's you, GB. nobody's arguing that storyline. I'm arguing the fact that you said that's true. That and that's how I feel. You're, thank God that was only your mind. Um, and that's so, how I feel again. And keep COVID there. So the whole <laughs> idea here is you said that Vince decided to help put over this up and coming baby face. Let's just remember this. Even Stone Cold's turn wasn't connected to Vince McMahon. That too I was connected. I didn't say that it was. You baby. just did. I now said now that y'all go he ahead became a heel clack, and fought an up clack. and coming baby face. But he, Stone Cold wasn't up and coming at that point. Stone Cold. He was. He was As not. a baby face, he okay, was. Let me help you. The turn for Stone. First of all, Stone Cold was becoming a baby face before he wanted to. But it was that match at WrestleMania 13 between Stone Cold and who? Bret Hart. The same Put him through Bret the Hart. Table, GB. There it is. The same Bret Hart who about seven months, eight months later at the Survivor Series would end up leaving to help cause the Montreal screw job. And that is where we would see Mr. McMahon. So we went literally an, a whole year with Stone Cold being the guy. Austin 316 happened without Mr. McMahon. That whole King of the Ring win happened without Mr. McMahon. Mr. McMahon was not who made Stone Cold get over. 
Now, was the war I didn't say the- that he helped him get over. I said up-and-coming babyface. <laughs> oh, my God. I said up-and-coming babyface. Oh, boy. Okay. Thankfully, you guys can go ahead and press rewind and hear him I say hope the they words. do. Because when yeah. they hear it, they won't hear me say fledgling like you said. Oh, they won't hear that. God. As okay. your first accusation, you said oh, I said fledgling. And the people will oh, discover Lord. it's a lie. Oh. Go away. So then. Wow. So uh, in terms of what I think Vince's greatest contribution is, I really think his greatest contribution was the decision to expand. Um, the vision to expand WWE from being a regional promotion to being a national promotion made way for WrestleMania, made way for, you know, then obviously expanding the way that pay-per-view did. Now, let's be clear. The first pay-per-view was not WrestleMania. It was Starcade. However, WCW or the NWA at that time really did not have a mastery on what pay-per-view looked like. But when you look at what Vince did with WrestleMania doing pay-per-view and closed circuit TV, I mean, the closed circuit TV thing is still like really crazy that people paid large amounts of money to sit in a movie theater to watch WrestleMania. And then he ultimately perfects this thing so that it can be on pay-per-view. I think it's really, again, it's that expansion because had he not done that, I don't think any of the other territories uh, which Jim Crockett Promotions was at the time would have felt the need to try to go national. They saw Vince do it and they said, oh, if he could do it, we can do it, too. The problem is none of them ever did it as well as he did it. So, you know, we absolutely have to acknowledge that. How much was the last the, the last time you paid for a WWE pay-per-view? How much did it cost? Oh, probably. or 59.99 somewhere in there. Yeah, Yeah. I I feel like I remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, those pay-per-views were still like 39.99. Well, yeah, well, Mania was probably like (laughs) then, but then it would be like $20 and then it started raising $30 and then they started moving the pay-per-views from once a quarter to every month. And so that's when it was like, ooh, you know, yet all there was one season where I was giving away $50 a month. Oh, easily, easily. Ease, but but look at the brilliance of that, right? Vince McMahon figured we're going to get you, we're going to figure out more ways to make money. And I mean, that that's again something that had not really been seen in the wrestling business. All of these ways and streams of revenue for wrestlers, where not only do they get a piece of the gate, but their merch, you know, and then all of the other things, pay-per-view, blah, blah, blah. So it it really made life for a wrestler profitable. And and that model bled into other promotions as well, who realized if we're going to be competitive with Vince, we're going to have to offer something so that these wrestlers can figure out, OK, well, you know, how do, how do we do this? So, again, it's Man. it's so wild because I think the last six to seven years have challenged all of us in multiple spaces to try to figure out how do you honor a person's work in the midst of their own personal proclivities, right? Because, and and I know we've discussed this in, and Courtney is a, ma- a huge advocate for R. Kelly. R. Kelly's one, R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, some of the most complicated figures to discuss 
because you look at what they have done as people, but then you look at the art that they've created and the impact, and it's kind of hard to figure out, like, what do you do with it? And I think now we're forced to, why are you laughing? Then why would you tell the people I'm a huge advocate for R. Kelly? <laughs> because you are. <laughs> I'm not an advocate for R. Kelly. <laughs> well, okay, an advocate just, for R. Kelly's art. I'm, I'm an advocate for great songs and compositions. <laughs> Which may have been written or produced. GB, you gotta sound like I'm, Kelly. You gotta sound like I'm out here picking and saying unhawked I are. No. I did not I did not. Well you did say that you watched a man kiss another man's butt. Sound kind of Kelly to me. You you keep bringing it up. It ain't, the only Kelly it is is Vincent Kennedy McKelly. <laughs> oh my. Oh my gosh. So this man said about I'm an advocate for R. Kelly. <laughs> so, so now I do have to ask this though, because I know that there are some in the wrestling world that even feel that this conversation is quote unquote oh, too soon, right? It's too soon. And to think how WWE, the company that he basically created, uh, has yet to do a video montage, they've yet to do any sort of announcement. Uh, or dedication, they've done nothing. And 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 I would say, in fairness to them, you know, when you have entities outside of your own from the federal government that are investigating you, you have to, from an optics perspective, do what you can to keep your nose clean. So that is likely why, and I don't know, you know, at some point we might get some sort of dedication to Vince McMahon from them, but I don't know. I think it also says that they know obviously a lot more than we do in terms of the details that are out there and uh, they may know some things that we don't. So here's the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go, go to Pat McAfee's podcast. Vince doesn't care about notoriety. Vince cares about winning and making money. So I don't think that, that Vince cares about a video package. Vince doesn't remember. He told people during the Hall of Fame, don't mention me. Oh, that's true. So Vince is going to go off into the sunset where where Vince will feel the pain of life is there's nothing to do. In two weeks, the gang will stop coming to his house to ride. Uh, in three weeks, there's not an event for him to show up at. Vince's workouts have probably become just him and maybe a trainer, maybe not. He has nothing to put his hands in the dirt for. So Vince is like a Tim Duncan or a Spur. Spurs don't care about video packages. Tim Duncan tweeted his uh, retirement and was forced to show up to the arena. Vince is made of that right there. He doesn't care about public notoriety. The video package is not for Vince. Right. It's for me. I need to see the package. And we know. Whoa, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. This escalated so quickly. Jeez. Oh my God! Yikes. Oh, my lamb. Boy. Oh boy! Oh boy! Wow! All right, GB, keep going. You're the leader. Wow! Oh great, put it on me. Wow! Uh, yeah. I don't want to see the package. I don't want to. I'm not him. I don't want to see the package. I cannot wait to. I cannot wait to get the audio from this. I'm not him. Oh, 
Now there are two questions because you raised a very interesting point about Vince. Vince not necessarily needing to see the video tribute. Uh, Vince not necessarily needing those levels of accolades. You raised the point, though, about a Vince McMahon sitting at home, which Vince has been very public about the fact that he doesn't take vacations. He doesn't take holidays. Now he's gone from all of his time being consumed by WWE to none of his time being dedicated to WWE. So here's my first question. What do you think happens to Vince McMahon now? Do you think we um, ultimately see him return to WWE? Do we, I mean, what do you think happens to Vince McMahon? Vince becomes the most sought after advisor in combat sports. Uh, it would not shock me if he already has an advisory coaching job with UFC. Uh, where he's kind of helping to advise Dana White. Uh, keep in mind this, guys, when the world shut down from COVID, uh, Dana White tells on the, the Pivot uh, podcast that all of the commissioners for the first time were on one call. That's Roger Goodell. That's uh, my man from the NBA. What's Adam his name? Silver. Adam Silver, NHL, UFC, WWE. Everybody is up there. The president tells them they're going to have to shut down. Mm. Vince gets off the phone, calls Dana White, says, F that, he says. And mm. then he goes on to say, we're having wrestling on Monday and you need to figure out how to do the same thing too. Glory! Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Vince, Vince is going to spend his days coaching and advising. And I've thought about this long and hard. You want to know one of the things I think he's going to do? Spend a lot of time with his grandkids. Hmm. I think he's going to spend a lot of time in, in teaching them and being a grandpa and showing up at things and being the ultimate granddad, the ultimate coach. And for the first time, Vince will get a chance to live free of the haunting of his father and free of the workload of day to day running a billion dollar ship. Hmm. We just need an audio book from Vince about anything, oh, about wow. anything. We need an audio guys. Wow. Can't, now, do you do you realize how scathing it would be if Vincent Kennedy McMahon started a podcast? Oh my God! Oh my Lord! Oh my Lord! Uh, J- Jim Cornette, you've listened to me. I've listened to you for the last time. If, if he starts one, mm-hmm. I love you, Corny, but I ain't coming back. I disagree, because Corny would be must see TV. Oh yeah, at if that Vince point, drops, absolutely. Well, it, here's how you have to listen to it. You'd have to listen to Vince's first, then listen to yes. Corny next, yes. and then listen to Flair's on the oh, third gosh. day. Because <laughs> Flair's going to be revisionist history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Clack, what, what do you think happens to Vince McMahon now? Um, Wow, this is going to sound kind of morbid. I think he may pass away. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think as life slows down, Mm-hmm. And um, the thrill slows down. I think his body may catch up with him. So hopefully mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Um, I, I hope things stay peaceful for him. And that sounds awful. You know, I really hope that that doesn't no, it's happen. Real. But, right. It's real. Though. Uh, he's an older man. He's, he's 77. Old. Years old. Yeah. yeah. He's going to turn 77 in a couple of months. If, if I had to bet on a lighter note, though, I would say 
he would get into some kind of private consultation for up and coming stars. He's a talent scout. He can't. That's help what him. he is. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. Wow. Wow. Those are some great perspectives. And those are both things I didn't think about, although I did wonder what kind of life Vince would have after the thing that he's created and literally poured his entire life into is no longer mm. there. Hopefully he and Shane patch things up. Oh, that would be nice. I'd that love to be see nice. that. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that. I, I wonder what his family relations are like these days. I mean, you've got to mm. imagine it's got to be strange. The show's going up in flames. No, 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 no. I, I wonder that because your daughter, your son-in-law are sitting in the seats you sat in. We don't know the conversations that happen behind closed doors that would cause him to say, okay, I'm going to retire, right? We don't know what those were. Obviously, Shane is on the outs. I, I, I wonder, and to your point, perhaps this gives him the time to make amends and to patch up things that might have, you know, been, been difficult. I don't know. He know. should show up at Flair's last match. You know, oh, I, man, thought I thought about that. that. I thought that. New Flair solid. That. New Flair solid and just show up. Yeah. You know, that would be. Man, how. Whew. First of all, that would be the talk of the town. And with that happening the day after SummerSlam, I mean, it it could happen. It could happen. Uh, no, it won't. I didn't realize it's after SummerSlam. You're right. He, he won't hurt after. WWE. Well, he, I don't no, know. He may would. he may go into business for himself. He may go into business no. for himself and show up. No, Flair, man. listen to this. Flair drunk and cries when he's sober. He's drank so much in his life. He may not even be able to perform if he sees Vince in the front row. He'd be so low. It would be like a suddenly happened in the building and he would have a stammering tongue, which <laughs> well, would probably see, be a stroke. But it's a stammering hmm. tongue nonetheless. Well, Vince, I don't think I don't think Vince could actually show his face there he could end up backstage but I don't think he can come out because first of all there will be too many questions and the attention would be off of Flair so I think Vince would, would be oh I mean, Flair would be so mad he would oh. he'd have to do I'm retiring again <laughs> listen he, he would he would be some kind of hot so I think that Flair I, I think that Vince if he showed up would show up either backstage or show up at some private party for Flair I don't think he'll show up in the crowd uh, that night. But here's another wild thought. The idea that Flair is technically still in the business while McMahon is not. Also a weird optic. Just very, very strange. Um, so, so I guess here's the next question. What do you think the future is for WWE? Now, we know that obviously, you know, Stephanie and Nick Khan are co-CEO. We know that Triple H is in charge of creative and he is in charge of talent relations. Um, there has been all sorts of news about, you know, Triple H looking to have a very open and honest level of communication with the superstars that are in WWE. By the way, if you guys haven't, I, I would suggest that you go check out uh, the podcast with Eric Bischoff. It's called 83 Weeks, where he talks about uh, WWE without Vince McMahon. He, he has a unique perspective on what creative looked like with Vince. And one of his beliefs is that creative will be significantly better without Vince McMahon. And when he explains the process, you'll probably understand why. But 
the question that I have for you guys is, what do you think happens to WWE now? Clack, let's start with you. I won't know unless you tell me because I'm out. Oh. Yeah, so if the business retires, I'm gone. Is it is this your retirement right here, Clack, from, from yeah. the wrestling? It, it was it was already deplorable. I mean, it, the, the the talent development, the lack of stars, the PG, uh, the the G rated stuff. You know, I couldn't get with it. It, it was Disney World Rumble, um, Mickey versus Donald. Uh, Actually, so I saw a more uh, violent fight at Disney. I don't know if you can call it yeah, at Disney. Well, I saw. Yeah, I was there the day before it happened. Yeah, yeah. No, Jeez. I'm out. So I won't. I won't know what's going to happen with what, what's his name. Um, Silver? No, not Silver. Trevor. What is it? Trevor, Austin Trevor. Austin Theory? Theory? Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. Wow. No, I won't know. Hey, man, wow. Vince is his daddy. Man, Vince was the last of the Mohicans, man. He was the last connection to anything relevant wrestling. Yikes. Wow. Good luck, WWE. I'm pulling for you. Interesting. Courtney, what do you think happens? I WWE? think they'll find. I think they'll find a way to make some noise. I think Triple H is the best idea of leading and creative. He showed in NXT what he could do. They put on some great matches. Uh, they were able to pack out arenas for NXT, which was really unheard of. That won't happen in the current NXT product. So I think they'll figure it out. I think that uh, I think it's going to take a little time, but they're going to figure it out. And for me, I just have to give them a clean slate. Vince is gone. Okay, Moses is dead. Uh, so we got to figure out what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. So I I don't have much hope. I probably watch more AEW these days uh, if I watch. Uh, but, you know, I think the future could be bright. I think Triple H is brilliant. Uh, Nick Khan is the one for me that I don't. It, 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 it alarms me to have a non-wrestling guy running this. That, that was a demise of uh, WCW. It was. It certainly was. <laughs> and and many churches when they bring in a non-ministry person to run things. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Man, this, this podcast has gone to PG-13. This, this podcast has gone, has gone PG-13. We used to, we, we used to, we, man, what has happened? <laughs> wow. I don't know what just happened, but, um, you know, I think, I, I think we are in historic days. It's very interesting. A lot of people have always wondered, you know, on the what if card, what if Vince were to leave WWE and they never thought it would be possible. We're here now. And it's interesting because there's a percentage of the population that's actually scared because they've never known WWE without Vince McMahon, like it or hate it. Yeah, they're the old guys in, in uh, power. His friends, they're all scared. Well, I, I get that too. But there are fans who are scared um, as well. And then there are other fans who are very optimistic, you know, going back to uh, NXT Black and Gold. And I, I saw some comments that said, you know, well, uh, Triple H has never worked on that large of a scale. But let me remind everyone that, What's so different now is that Triple H has no one to answer to relative to creative. He is the head. So that's a much different ball game than when you are now submitting your ideas to someone who ultimately can say yay or nay. When you are the head, the buck stops with you. And so the other thing I laugh at is if there's an issue with the CEO, he's got an interesting connection to the CEO or at least 
one of the co-CEOs. So uh, I think I think it's, you know, really. And speaking of that co-CEO, Stephanie McMahon, who um, has really had a great reputation amongst the female locker room in WWE, Triple H with a great reputation for so many wrestlers. I think this really has the opportunity to be something great for WWE. I just think that fans have to remember that this is a very large ship and that you don't make immediate wholesale changes on day one. So I think you have to give certain things some time to flush them th- flush themselves out. This will not be like the conversion to NXT 2.0, where literally you wake up and the whole stage is different and you got a whole bunch of new people in front of you and you just toss it. It's not going to happen that way. I think Triple H understands how to do business. And so I think things get very, very interesting when we discuss Vince McMahon. And as we have, you know, certainly chronicled here on this episode, the legacy of Vince McMahon is complicated because it is fully everything we mentioned and then some relative to all of his contributions. We could probably fill up three or four shows with all of his contributions. And yet there are the questionable and controversial things that he has done as well. And I think they both they both matter. Uh, But I think it's hard to argue that Vince McMahon, um, it's hard to argue his importance. He is without question. There's not even a close second in terms of the most influential, impactful figure in the history of the business of pro wrestling. No other figure that's even close. That, That is an argument we don't have time for. I don't think you should have said there's no close second. Who would be the close second to Vince McMahon? Clearly Hulk Hogan. Oh, boy. I think he could be second, but I don't think he's a close second. Okay, well, I I guess we need to talk about what is the amount of distance to close. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Hulk Hogan, which obviously Hulk Hogan has. You better tread lightly. (laughs) Hulk Hogan, and we're going to get to another episode to talk about Hulk Hogan, but Hulk Hogan, first, I will use, how about this? I'm going to use Courtney logic. Ready for this? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Use Courtney logic. There'd be no Hulkamania without Vince McMahon. Well, that's why I said second, GB. He's second. I don't, but he's not close. Like, there's Vince McMahon as a very distant first. And then somewhere closer than third place. I I don't even know if we can think about who would possibly be second. Like it's Vince McMahon alone at first. There's not like a a one A and one B here. Yeah, I I think I think oh there's definitely one A one B. No, he's the second. He's just second place. Yeah, I I think Hogan is second. I think Hogan is just a distant second. Second is far from second is far from first, but not second isn't as far from third. Second and third are close. So here's what we're going to do. We had a pretty heated discussion in our text thread that I think I want to bring to light. We're going to do that on our next episode, but we want to wrap this one up uh, and get your thoughts, of course, guys, on all things connected to Vince McMahon. So hit us up at the faction. Guys, let them know where they can find you on the socials. Courtney. Hey, hit me up. I am Courtney Beard uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Clack. Brandon J. Clack on everything. Holla at me. Awesome. And of course, you guys can hit me up at Bonnerfied. And you can get the new merch. You can get that at ProWrestlingTees.com slash 
Bonnerfied. Until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the EP, the fourth horseman, John Murray. I am GB Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>